Hey, fellow mathers, do you have limited classroom time? Do you want to make the biggest, best impact on your students that you can? Then you need to start here with the Math is Figureoutable Challenge. It's three one-hour sessions of the quickest and most powerful ways to reach the most students with the most math. We're having special guest Jenna Labe. Mark your calendars for May 15th through 17th at 7 p.m. Central and watch this space to find out when registration opens. If you can't make those times, you'll want to register anyway so you can get access to the session recordings. And now, on to the episode. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we're here to suggest that mathematizing is not about mimicking or rote memorizing, but it's about thinking, reasoning, about creating and using mental relationships, empowering teachers and students. We answer the question, if not algorithms, then what in the world are you going to (laughs) do? Welcome to this week's podcast, y'all. Thanks for joining us. A few weeks ago, we asked you to share someone that you know who you think is one of those mathy people. And y'all, we got a fantastic email from our friend Aaron Houston, and we had a blast talking about the stuff that pinged for us. So Kim, tell us how we started his email. Okay, I'm just going to read a little bit to you. Aaron said, on your latest podcast episode, you invited us to tell you about how math, mathy people that we know. I am a very mathy person, and I believe one of the reasons I was able to get there was because of my dad. He's a former math teacher turned lawyer, and he's definitely mathy. He used to do mathy stuff with my brother and me all the time, especially if we were eating together at a restaurant. And oh my gosh, It totally reminds me of my own kids, right? Sometimes you're sitting around at a restaurant and there's nothing to do. And so they just look at the menus. And Mm -hmm. also um, right now, my kids are getting older. They're at that stage where they transition between um, a kid meal and an adult meal. And so Cooper, you know, is is the younger. And he um, he's trying to convince me at this stage of his life that he needs two kid meals. (laughs) I'm like, that's not happening. You can get off the kid menu and order an adult meal, but they don't have the special drink or the special cookie or whatever comes with it. And so I've said to him, check out the menu and and compare the prices. So so he does a lot of that comparing what's going to be the better deal about, you know, can I get two two kid meals for the price of the adult meal mom would make me nice, get? Nice, nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's so excellent. So he gets an opportunity to do some math right then and there yeah. to try to convince you of his <laughs> choice. And so he has a reason, right? It's a reason for him to actually do some computation. That's right. that's awesome. Hey, let me let me uh, tell you what else Aaron said. So he okay. said, quote, when we were really little, he, meaning his dad, would give us cash to pay the bill, but we had to figure out what the change would be first. Oh, nice. And he says, I know my compliments of a hundred because of this, unquote. So I, Kim, it's, I have, you need yeah. like right there in the restaurant. That's so awesome. Uh, the partners of 100 are so important. What a great way to get your kids involved that they get the change as long as they can figure out what the change is. Amazing. So uh, y'all, if that's new to you, if you've never heard of us talk about, I have, you need, uh, it's a, a routine that Kim made up that we love. It helps kids develop partners of a hundred. Like if I have 47, what do you need to make a hundred? So if I have 47, you need 53 to make a hundred. Um, if you want to hear more about that, you can check out episode seven called one thing mathy people do, 
where, again, we talk about helping students develop partners of 10, 100, and 1,000, and how those relationships show up everywhere so that knowing them can really help you do more math. Can I just mention, too, that you um, talked about I Have You Need in your Multiplicative Reasoning online workshop. Oh, and yeah. I'm having the blast, a blast reading comments um, from people who are thinking about other partners that they want to build, like 60 for time, 180 for triangles, 360 for circles. And it's just got me thinking about what other uh, compliments do we want to encourage people to make sense of? Oh, nice. Nice. Good, good okay. connection. Cool. All right. So, what else did you say? Aaron also wrote, when we were a little older, he would also let us guess the price of the meal, which is brilliant. I might guess $25.83, and he would tell us how many numbers we had correct, like how many digits were correct. So then my brother would guess $25.25, and he would say that no numbers were correct. So each time they guessed, the, the dad would tell him how many numbers were correct. Maybe then I would guess $36.71, and two numbers were correct. And, and this would go on until we had all four numbers. And then we were just working through different permutations for the, what those four numbers were. Oh my goodness. That's the game mastermind. I love that game growing up. In fact, I have that. We have that game in our game closet right now. Uh, it was, that's an amazing game to get kids messing around with permutations because you're going to tell them, tell them which numbers are right. And, and, and then what place is right. I totally forgot about mastermind. I remember <laughs> playing that game so simple and so cool. And I played it as a kid. Um, traveling with my parents. I remember my mom pulling that game out when we were going on camping trips and it's the colors, right? With the pegs. Yep. Yep. Totally. Oh, uh -huh. that's awesome. Yeah. And you totally put like the white color for if you have the place right and the red color, if you have the, the color right, but not in the right place. Yeah. All the things. So what a cool way to play mastermind when you're out with your kids by guessing the, uh, the amount on the bill. That's excellent <laughs> way to go. Aaron's dad. So let me keep going. Aaron also said, quote, other times, he, their dad, he might just think of a number between one and a hundred or a number between one and a thousand. And we would guess and he would tell us higher or lower as we guessed and narrow it down to the answer. Kim, you play that game all the time. <laughs> I do. I do play guess my number. Um, and we added things like if the number's odd or what are the, the sum of the digits, I wouldn't ever just let him go like higher, lower, higher, lower. Um, yeah, play? like so when when I, I do, but, but <laughs> let me tell you, when I began to play this game, I totally would just have kids guess a number and then I would say my number's higher than that number and then they would say uh, okay, they would choose a number higher and then I would say no, nope, my number's lower than that number and then they would choose a number lower. And I totally thought I had the corner on this game and then one day I heard you playing with your kids and I was like, "Oh, it could be so much <laughs> better because you added all so much like tons more mathy things because as your kids got good at it, then they could sort of bring in more math things. And I thought it was a really natural way for you to bring in some vocabulary that your kids could kind of get used to. All right. So yes, I want to play. Okay. Well, yeah. And let me, let me add to that as, as my kids have gotten older, we've still continued to play, but not only have the size of the numbers that I give them increased, um, there's more questions that we can ask each other, right? They, they know more, um, content now. So we, we can bring that in. So let me, let me just tell you, we can either play where I give you clues. Um, but it's also fun for me to just think of a number and you have to ask things about the number I'm thinking of. Okay. So let's try that way. All right. Okay, so all right. you think, you think of a number and y'all, we have not done this ahead of time. So this is <laughs> live on the air mathematizing. Here we go. Okay. okay. Kim, I've got a number. is, is your number 
between zero and a hundred? No. Is your number greater than a hundred? Yes. Okay. Um, is your number even? No. Is your number a whole number? Yes. Okay. So it's a whole odd number greater than a hundred. Uh, is your number less than a thousand? Yes. What is the sum of the digits of your number? Eight. You're going really fast here. Can you slow down and let people think? Oh, sorry. We've <laughs> got, got some great questions. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> okay, okay, so, so it's a whole number. It's odd. Mm -hmm. And the digits sum to eight. Mm -hmm. So is your number 701? No. Is your number 107? <laughs> Ooh, I love that you did that. It was a huge <laughs> moment when my youngest figured out that that was a thing, right? So no, it's not 107. Is your number a permutation of seven, zero, and one? Like 117? Nope. Nope. No. Okay, so I have the wrong odd numbers. Um, is your number uh, bigger than 500? No. Is your number bigger than 250? No. Okay, so it's between zero and 250. No, it's between 100 and 250. And Correct. it's odd. And it's odd. Um, what else could I ask? Here, I'm going to ask this question. Kim, what would be another good question for me to ask? <laughs> oh, you could ask if it was divisible by something or if it was prime or composite. Ah, is your number prime? It is. Oh, okay. A prime number between 100 and 250. I bet you anything people are listening to this podcast and like screaming numbers no. at, their, <laughs> at their, their phone right now. They're like, try 117. Uh, oh, except for 117 wouldn't add to eight, but right. 100, let's see, uh, 100 and um, some to eight. 124. Nope, that's even. <laughs> 100, 133. No, that does not sum to eight. Oh, duh. <laughs> 143. Correct. Are you serious? I'm serious. Yay. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> now I answered the question really quickly. Is it, the, is it prime or composite? Is that, that's prime, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I do that to my kids sometimes. <laughs> well, that's a good question. Like, so, so Kim, what are you thinking right now to determine if 143 is prime? Well, I'll be perfectly honest with you. The first thing I thought was it's um, not divisible by seven because 20 times seven is 140. So I left Ooh, sevens alone. Uh, nice. And um, the first thing I did was think if the sum of the digits are eight, then it's not divisible by two. No, that by three, six, or nine because the sum of the digits is eight. Right. So that's, I know those. Yeah. It, I also knew it was odd. So it's not divisible by two. Right or four or eight, um, 11. Is it divisible by 11? Because it has that pattern that, that multiples oh. of, of 11 sometimes have, right? So is it divisible by 11? It is divisible by 11. It's 13 times 11. I should you wrong. So, so Kim, like, math, are we failures? Gone wrong. <laughs> hey, 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 but, but we learned but something. <laughs> we know 11 is more. So, you know so what? we're, Go ahead. 
Well, we're not failures, right? Because in a huge way, what we just did was have fun figuring yeah. out if 143 was prime. Yeah. And a relatively new pattern for me is this pattern of one, four, three, where it's sort of the uh, add the one and the three together to get the middle four has something to do with multiples of 11. And that's a relatively new pattern huh. that I've just been able to sort of recognize, which made me then wonder if it was a uh, a multiple of 11. But even as we're just discussing the kinds of things that we think about to determine if that number was prime, I, I think kids can learn from that. And so it's not a fail at that point. Then we can sort of poke fun at each other and go, oh, it isn't prime. Um, but, but we had a blast playing the game and we learned something um, about 143. What were you going to say? I was going to say if Luke were here, he would he would have told me that I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> go Luke. Hey, y'all. So interesting story that you might find about this game is... Um, so I, uh, in our church, we don't choose what we do. We can just sort of say yes or no when they ask us to do it. And so a few years ago, um, the head of our church asked us if I would be willing to do the, the singing with the young kids in our church. Okay. <laughs> At this point, my kids are like, mom, don't sing in front of people. Um, I've, I've been known to be off tune just a little bit. Um, but I, I said yes. And so for five years, I did the singing with kids um, three to 12 and I had a blast. But it was interesting because I noticed that what most of the adults would do with kids is that when it was time to sort of review some of the songs or whatever, then they would always play these like language based games. Mm -hmm. Everything had to do with letters and, and words and stuff. And I was like, why can't we play some number-based games? And so I totally played Guess My Number with the kids. And it was always funny because the adults would kind of perk up. The adults in the room yeah. started playing the game too, and they had a blast with it. And sometimes I'd have to say, hey, like, sh be, like let the kids play. <laughs> don't, don't call out the answer before you let the kids sort of answer. So I think we, there are times where maybe we've been kind of used to playing, I don't know, on road trips, we might play the, the license plate game with letters, but maybe we could play some of these mathy games and we we can sure. help our kids be more mathy, more mathematicians. Hey, well, Aaron. Oh, go ahead. Go. I was just going to say um, the fact that you and I laugh about it and joke about it and find enjoyment in it could be something that we pass on to our kids. We, we all can. Absolutely. That math, be, playing mathy things is fun and it can be um, interesting to look for uh, being clever about uh, mm -hmm. math relationships. Absolutely. All right. So Aaron, you are the man. Thanks for your letter as the inspiration for this whole episode of our podcast. We love it. So everybody, listeners, if you have a mathy person in your life, we would love to hear about them and the mathy things that you have heard them do. So you can totally send those to Pam at mathisforgettable.com or Kim at mathisforgettable.com. And we'd love to share uh, about your mathy person on one of our future podcasts. All right. Don't forget a uh, hashtag math strat chat on your favorite social media on Wednesday evenings. Love to have you join us there. Uh, thanks tons for the podcast um, reviews that you've given us on your favorite podcast app. We'd uh, love to have you give us a rating and uh, tell us what you think about the podcast. So, fellow mathematicians, if you are interested to learn more math and you want to help students develop as mathematicians, then the Math is Figureoutable podcast is for you because math is figureoutable. That was awesome. Three is not prime. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. Remember, we're going to be opening registration for the Math is Figureoutable Challenge soon. Mark your calendar from May 15th through 17th. You are not going to want to miss these free PD evenings where you'll learn four routines you need in your classroom that are naturally engaging and encourage students to think mathematically.
And remember, if you can't make those times, registering gets you access to the recordings. Keep making math figure outable.